0: Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we just used the last episode to discuss how we need to trust in the authority of Jesus and how to truly do that, we need to know how to be followers, to be able to actually listen and to not make ourselves the end all be all of every situation and You know, for the last couple of months, the way that I've been thinking that the answer to there is, has been the path of humility. You know, in humility inherently is going to say that making yourself stand out is, is not the answer. Making yourself in the appropriate line of where you are, not diminishing, nor are you extenuating or exaggerating your abilities or importance And that's an inherent requirement to be able to listen to someone who's better than you and and, and more knowledgeable than you. So as I was thinking about this in our last episode, you you let out some examples that has led current society astray. And there's been some lingering effects of that. Um, Specifically, you gave Watergate Vietnam where, the media had turned and made its job now pointing out the flaws of the execution of those above us. And then there was three channels and you could have one commentator say, I thought we were winning over there. And then the entire public opinion of the war has changed on one off comment on a, on a Sunday afternoon broadcast or whenever that actually was broadcast, um, after the Tet offensive. And it's, it's, changed so much from that was an authority figure to now there's 700 people with a cell phone just recording waiting for someone to mess up it's like if you see someone like if you see a a, a police officer doing his job and trying to calm someone down it used to be people would just implicitly trust that the cop was right just do what he says. Now you see people pulling out their phones trying to create a problem so they can film it so they can be have more followings on Twitter or YouTube or whatever the appropriate platform is. And to me, that impulse to be the, the person that wants to be seen as the one giving all the information and, or being able to edit it in the way that they want is in some way a direct violation of of humility. Um, I think it's also misguiding people in, in trying to teach them and educate them. So therefore the prudence element of it and just that element of not being willing to trust people and just expecting them to have authority while at the same time, if you're, ever criticized doing the same thing you're doing to everyone else. It, it, it's a complete and utter violation of everything you stand for and very likely going to cause a massive meltdown. So I look at, at how many people in our world are just going in that direction and seemingly pushed to go in that direction. And I wanted to, to use this episode to kind of concretely address some of the ways that the church has helped teach us to avoid that because it's not like people just became arrogant and self-centered when Twitter was invented. This has been a human nature thing that we've had to fight back as a species for a long time. And I wanted to to, uh, look at some of the tools that the church has, you know, come up with throughout the years because again, human nature is what it is. As you said in your last episode, it's it's built into us. God gave us divine nature and human nature, and it's here. So the church has dealt with these types of problems before, and I wanted to look at what some of those uh tools are that we have on the shelf to help be able to to address this moving forward, both when we see these problems burning up within ourselves. But also burning up within others, how the church has directed us to become better than that. Essentially, better than just causing problems and trying to profit off of problems that we don't create in various different ways.
1: Yeah, I, I mean there aren't. It's the the the, the thing that you <clears throat> that you're pointing to is sin. You know, I mean. The church's answer to sin is, is uh, the proclamation of the gospel uh, and the sacrament of confession. <laughs> uh, repent and believe the good news. I mean, holding up the uh, witness of the saints, holding up good examples is certainly helpful. Uh, not giving ourselves license to just like slander people and to detract against people. You know those sins of the tongue, which are a venerable part of our certainly our Catholic tradition. That uh, calumny is to lie about your neighbor in a way that slanders his reputation. Detraction is telling the truth about your neighbor but exposing his sin in a way that destroys his reputation. We have a right to our reputation, so it's a it's a basic piece that things like you know Watergate or Vietnam total loss of discretion you know there's a there's a kind of heroic exposure of corruption that we celebrate but then there ends up being a loss of discretion and then it leads to a lot of character assassination um, I know a priest who was recently uh, accused of uh, acting inappropriately with a child and the the government the whatever, Pennsylvania Department of Corrections investigated everything and found there to be absolutely no grounds for the accusation. But he was removed from priestly ministry for uh, four or five months while that took place. And we've moved to a place of guilty until proven innocent. And so he suffers. Now there's always going to be that out there. And maybe even people on this podcast um, think, oh, well, sure, he got off, but he probably did it. And that's the sort of attitude that we've developed uh, without a, with, a, with a lack of discretion, a lack of uh, respect for people's reputation and, and the obligation to, uh, to protect that as much as possible, not to just to destroy it arbitrarily. So, I mean, really all of the virtues are oriented toward uh, loving God and loving our neighbor in a way that builds up a society by fostering trust by being trustworthy and also fostering trust in uh, authority we also have always had a sense in the church <clears throat> that god works through authority even when those authorities are sinners because they always are the authorities are always sinners and so we don't let that disturb us we we know that they're going to be flawed but that god is going to work through their decisions and their teachings and so we trust in god's work even in the face of sinful authorities. One of the points that came out in the Middle Ages was with the, the sacraments, for example, people started to have the question, well, if you have a sinful priest, is it still a valid Eucharist? Uh, do you still have the body and blood of Christ when he uses you know, the words of consecration? And the church said, yeah, because the, the church is really doing this thing. And the priest is the, the church's minister representative, and he does that objectively by being in holy orders and so you don't have to ask the question does this subjective holiness affect the validity of the eucharist whether you really have the eucharist after you know in the context of the mass so uh, those questions have been around and and we have uh some some trust uh that you know was was certainly there in the past and was challenged in the past and gets challenged in the present but but basically by growing and in holiness, by following the, the path of repentance, by also asking the question, like, what's, what's my part? Uh, what can I do? And this is something I learned from Jordan Peterson about Dostoyevsky, or about, about uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, that he was, uh, he was a contributor to a lot of the, the communist problems. And eventually when it turned, when it backfired on him, and he became the victim, and he was imprisoned in the gulag, He could have sat there in his own bitterness and blamed everybody else but at some point he took responsibility and said well what's my part what did i do and and what can i repent for and how can i make a difference now and and that's a good attitude to take rather than looking at all the problems of society and what all is going on there to say well i contributed to this in some way and uh, i have my own part to convert from and i have my own repentance to do And I have the the ways that I need to learn how to follow the gospel. And so instead of pointing the finger at everybody else and looking at everybody else's problems, how can I make a difference in in my life and and so contribute to to society better? So, I mean, I think that, uh, again, just the basic tools of the Christian life in terms of um, relearning uh, the meaning of life from the scripture and from the divine logic that God has given us, growing in our union with him through deeper trust, through prayer, and participating in the, in the sacraments, um, and, and taking on the asceticisms of not just following my own preferences and indulging every impulse that I have, but, but learning to have a little impulse control and to die myself and to try and choose the good in each situation. Am I even asking the question, what is the good in this situation? What is the best path for me? And, and how do I choose that? To be a little more intentional about that can help me to discern better in the moment and to introduce the kind of decision points in my mind that uh, I don't keep destroying things in the same way as everybody else and going with the flow uh, in a way that ultimately undoes the the good that, that God wants to do in the world.
0: Yeah, and, and looking at that example you just gave there is something you've said here many times is God always gives the ability to point things to the good, no matter how bad or, or or what your situation is. So we can find ourselves in, in bad spots and be able to turn it for our good. And, And if you look at it that, that's, that's a divine mercy. If you really look at it, you can never be, so bad or so messed up that you'd be on unwanted. And I think that that is very difficult to comprehend. If you, if you just look at it objectively, you know um, just things that, that people will be built beat themselves up over with their self guilt. I should have done this. I could have done this and all that. Well, maybe that's true for what it was at the time, but now you've sat back and reflected this and the situation is inherently changed because it's later you know, what can we, what what do you want to do now about it? Is there anything that can be done? Or is it maybe best just to learn from it and go to a completely new situation, but have that experience in your life? So I think that when we look at that, that that's something that's incredibly valuable is to realize that no matter what we do, we, we can recover from it. And, and, and as you say there, you know, there's things that, that, that we've done wrong. You, know, you got to try to help people and, and recover for, you know, mend your mistakes. Obviously it, it's not a, just get out of jail free because, because you can do whatever you want because you can turn for the good. The point is still to start to go towards the good and to make yourself better at that process. And that leads me to a question I've had like been just thinking about, but I haven't really been able to figure out how to articulate that. Um, when we read about some of the saints, some of them had done some pretty unsavory things earlier in their lives before they fully turned and and essentially in some cases had a flat out conversion. Um, I think you think of the easiest one being St. Paul, the vast majority of, uh, the new Testament is his letters and, Before he had the revelation with Christ, he was literally martyring people, making things as difficult as he could, um, and being rather successful at it. And we then see that he's able to be converted and turned to such a a pillar of good. And I wanted to to use an example of that because obviously there's many saints that have gone down that road about where we should never feel like it's hopeless or something that we can't get better. But we can, and then to the point where we actually can create something that was never really feasible, and I think that we see that a lot um, in a lot of different assets. Like we can't believe that that this guy was able to do that, you know. In, in to use a sports analogy, you just think about how did this guy who was drafted in the tenth round end up being so good. Or, you know, he's a sixth round quarterback. He should be horrible. He went to Michigan and now he has the most Super Bowls of all time. So, you know, it, it's, you know, people are able to change and to grow. Uh, obviously, it's a big difference between winning Super Bowls and your spiritual life, but it's something that can happen to all of us and we can produce great things that can even be surprising to ourselves. So, I wanted to, to let you have a chance to articulate about for those who are in that process of, of self-evaluation and not liking what they're seeing, to be able to move forward in, in some specific ways that the church actually helps us to do that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I wanted to say you you, uh, you said kind of speedily, so I know you weren't you weren't trying to be precise about it. But you said no matter what we get ourselves into, there's always a way out of it. And that's not always true, you know, uh, in the sense that uh, we we can't undo, you know, if uh, somebody who had an abortion can't undo that abortion, you know, that that child is gone now, and uh, and and sometimes people who break the law are not going to get out of prison. Uh, there, there isn't a way to make amends for for everything, and so uh, we find ourselves in that in that position. But w- what you we're intending, I, I'm sure, is the the fact that there is, a, there's always a way forward. There's always a way towards God. No matter what situation we're in, there's always a way towards God. There's always a way of, of repentance, of changing something in myself. There's always a way of growing in love. There's always a reason for hope in, uh, in what the future can bring. And... Uh, so there's always that way forward and that's the very positive, uh, message of Christianity that, you know, so, and, and it's not a hard way to find, it's not like I have to figure something out or I have to be a super genius or something like that. I can just start loving now. I can just start looking at the areas of my life that are not good and, uh, Start, you know, move, move away from those things. What do I need to change in myself to start approaching the good, to uh, start growing in, in my relationship with God? No matter where we are, we don't have to go somewhere to find God. He's always with us. That's the beautiful gift of, of, of Jesus. Jesus who enters into all of our suffering, who enters into all of our sin. He goes where we are. So no matter where we are, he is there. And so no matter where we find ourselves, we can always turn to him. He's right there. He's always there. And turning to him is what's going to set us in the right direction for our life. It's the way that we work everything, that God works everything to the good, is uh, by, by giving us the occasion, the opportunity to turn to Jesus wherever we are. So, And and he has a way of making opportunities, as they say, when... when uh, a door closes god opens a window he has ways of uh, opening up a space for us opening up a path forward for us he has a way of of doing that and so um, yeah that's the great really one of the great gifts of of christianity there's hope for everyone there's hope for every every sinner there's a path of of repentance and growth there's a way that jesus meets us in our brokenness our sorrow our failures he takes us by the hand and and he leads us forward, which again may not mean getting out of jail. We may spend the rest of our lives there, but uh, it does mean growing in holiness and growing in love, even in the midst of jail. It doesn't mean bringing someone back to life. That person is is gone from us, uh, hopefully alive in God, but gone from us. But it does mean making making the best of uh, what remains and and growing in a love for life and a respect for life from this point forward. And so. There's always always a path forward.
0: And I think that that's, you know, a message that we all need to to think of and and keep with us and something to be able to to teach Uh, because we know not everything's always going to go perfect. You know, not everything's going to be the way we wanted it for many obvious reasons, but not the least of which is we don't have the same eyes as Christ. Going back to our last episode, you know, the, the shepherd and the Lord is able to see what the direction we're supposed to go on. And it's a bigger picture than just us. And, you know, I think that the, the irony of where we're at um, in this culture of trying to make everyone have their eyes upon us is that when everyone's doing that and you're just striving to just have everyone looking at you, following you, clicking you. Um, you really lose the ability to be able to see the big picture. The, the The more you get self-absorbed into one tight bubble, it almost becomes a black hole where everything else just disappears. And at the end of the day, if you're not in something that's a truly infinite pull, which Christ is, um, you're going to end up falling short and just having more and more wants in less and less capacity to overcome that. Um, I mean, anyone who's gone through addiction, that's light. That's just summed it up in, in, in a couple of sentences there. But um, it makes me wonder if, if this desire to be all all clicked and everything, if, if that actually would be considered an addiction. Because you can make an argument that there's a, not that big of a difference between needing to get people to tell me, yes, this was a great picture, this was a great idea, and getting the high of that click versus going and hitting a bottle. Um, so it it might medically not be the same thing, but it certainly has a lot of similarities. And I think that that's something that we can focus on to to help people is that, you know, especially people who are just experiencing it for the first time you know you, if you live in a situation where for whatever reason you, you feel like you're outcast and now you have a group that's following you it it's i guess it's part of age and maturity as well but something that to to emphasize that you know the only way you can really truly move on and be happy is not to make everything about you and you know living a life that's about the relationships is is I think that the church's answers to that in a very broad sense. If you're focusing on creating better relations with people around you, you're not undermining them. You're not doing character assassinations, as you mentioned earlier here. It's it's a growth process. And the hidden gem being that when you help someone else, you almost always are, are helping yourself as well in some capacity or another, whether you realize it at that time or not. So, like I said, I wanted to kind of let that be the, the note that we're ending up here today as we have a couple of minutes to conclude today's episode.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, a, it's an important point for us to take a look at our lives, see where we are in the world, and not simply uh, curse the darkness, but light a candle, take a step forward, and do the part that I can do today rather than lamenting all of the things that I can't do or the way that the world has gone and and try to stand apart from the way that the world has gone as you've uh, drawn our attention to the distrust in authority. Uh, there isn't anything that requires you to distrust authority. Uh, you, you can choose to trust, and that's, uh, that's an important thing for us to, to try and do is, is trust as much as we can. So, um yeah, it's important, good, good opportunity to look at our own lives. Lent is over, but the uh, the process of self-examination and, uh, and repentance and growth and holiness and all of that continues on.
0: Yeah, it needs to be a staple of your life self-reflection, to self-reflection to go on forward or else you just end up with problems. So we thank everyone for being with us here today, and we will be with you again next week.